welcome to this Power Hour here on this lovely Monday. I'm Coach Colin. I'm here to help you master your leadership. And this Power Hour today is quite special because it is about managing and leading. managing and leading which is two different things which i think we're going to figure out very quickly here and it could be that you you joined this call because you thought um well you don't quite agree to the fact that there is something different here and um you i don't know you want to share some opinion which is great we will have the opportunity to talk about these things later on and of course i will be monitoring the chat and um we will have so, some time to open the microphones later on perhaps you're looking for an explanation to really understand what is the difference because of course we're talking about managers in a position and leaders as sort of a a type of personality Perhaps you're looking for something new and hope to discover something here. Of course, you're very welcome. In any case, you've come to the right place in this Power Hour if you want to know more about the difference between managing and leading. And if you want to understand different types of leadership styles, you will also see that there is a difference. We will be talking about those. And specifically, I will give you four things that you can bear in mind already this week where you can... Find something where you can be better immediately, right now. And if you stay on until the end, which I know you're all good because you're all good listeners and you all do. If you stay on to the end, I will share one secret thing really that I've discovered only recently what leadership is about. So I hope you're all interested and thrilled around this. So let's get started because... Of course, we know that in a position where you are, leaders, they get a group of people to achieve common goals. And in that phrase, which I already have been using a couple of times, there is no real big difference because we're talking about the formal leader here in a position. And just to recap on a previous power hour, you already realize that if you want to reach from a current state or situation that you have like at the beginning of the year and you want to reach the desired state or goal at the end of the year, you don't only expect the results that you can measure, but you always want, you also want to see the changes that you are doing on the way. And we realized previously that you want to focus on the consequences and the progress of the needed changes if you really want to achieve those results consistently. And here on the right-hand side of that page, we have been talking about previously about, okay, you need to share and agree why and what has to change and you want to discuss and decide how things should be done and help them to see how they can contribute and perhaps see how and then how and when they contributed. And we will develop this a little further now here on this power hour as we move forward because I'm also very soon going to ask you a question on this around how efficient and how effective do you think you really are? Because let's face it, the the your leadership qualities, of course, depend on that you're going to reach these final goals. 
But your leadership qualities also depend on the fact on how quickly can you do that, which means how effectively are you doing this or do you have to go in and correct your team or how efficiently are you doing this in the sense, would you like things to go faster and speed up? So that's the moment when I would like to just um, fade out here a little bit and give you the questions to think about, those two questions. And I put it here on the left-hand side of the screen. And as you uh, come in and write your answers into the chat on the right-hand side, I will copy those so that we can see the common answers. So when do you think that you are not getting things right and you're less effective would be the question number one. And when do you think that things go slow and you are less efficient? And you can answer either one here in the chat. So just answer number one or number two and write it into the chat and I will copy your answers. What do you think? What do you think where you're not getting things right and where you're less effective? On which topic do you feel that that, that is the case? Or when do you think that things go slow and you are less efficient? Let's see who's going to write the first answer here into the chat so that I can copy it across. I'll just give you a moment to think. Mm, here comes the first one. And the first one is about, I would like to be faster in following up. And... Here's another one. We have too many things to do. And what effect does that have when you have too many things to do? How do you feel about that? We lose effectiveness due to lack of focus. Yes, as a good answer here. We lose effectiveness due to the lack of focus. Brilliant. And we don't have an overview. We have too many things to do. We don't have an overview. And that is in addition to this one here at the top. And we don't have an overview. Good. Now the answers are flowing in. Terrific. And when the team does not go in the direction I was trying to all about immediate sales. Yes. There we go. And the next one is uh, when you get excuses why the results are not positive, you're looking self for excuses. That is so true. So here we have a couple of um, a couple of answers where we think we can be better in the sense of we could be more effective and more efficient. And I'm going to take one more thing here. Too many things to look after on the day-to-day -day business. Yes, looking after things is an, a challenge, of course, for all of us. So I'll put this one in here as well. Thank you very much. So, um, and these are things that 
we feel either they're slowing us down because we have to keep explaining them again and again, or they're slowing us down because we have to go in and, and correct these. It is, it is all about we feel that we're not as effective as we could be, and we feel that we're not as efficient as we could be, which means that that is really where we have to f- focus with our leadership because it is a question about what really influences our ETA. And, you know, per definition, the estimated time of arrival onto our goals is, of course, a time. But the prerequisite to be fast in this is not really to do it faster, but to be more effective in aligning the team. And that is really the function that we have in those positions which we have as leaders and as as managers is how can we align our teams as effectively as possible so we save all the time that we would have to spend in correcting and following up and making sure that things get done because that is really where we get the feeling that we're not as effective and not as efficient because we listen to excuses and we see that our team is not running in different is running in different directions, and we cannot we cannot really decide what is important because there's so many things to do. We don't have an overview, which is what you have just been typing here into the chat. So the question is, <clears throat> how can we get our team aligned effectively so that we can improve our ETA, which means, of course, our time to reach those uh, to reach the goal, and. When you then have a look at these things, you suddenly realize that, okay, there are two things that you want to be looking at. One is the mechanics of the progress, measuring the progress, measuring the gap and analyzing the resources that you're consuming. And the other one is really about understanding the effectiveness and the alignment of your team to understand where you're losing out on the team side. And when you look at these two sides, then you suddenly can draw out the two differences where you say, well, wait a minute, managing things, managing about targets and results consists of four elements. First of all, you want to analyze the situation so that you understand where you are. And based on that analysis, then, of course, you can you can set a target and you can plan your resources to understand, well, how can you reach the target? Then when you plan the resources, the next thing you do is you start governing the the consequences. Um, and the fourth thing is you start measuring the results, which then goes back into the situation, into the next situation. And to be able to do this, it's all about the knowledge and application of the tools to support this. That is really what managing things is about. And on the other side, we have all the side about leading because that is where it's about the people and the progress. And you see, that is where we have been talking about before. It's about communicating the common goals, about deciding on the present strategy so that people know how you want to do these things. It's about developing the people so that they can start acting in accordance to the strategy and following up on the past achievements. And all these things, it is about the the competence in leading your own emotions while you're interacting with the people. And when you look at those two things, you then notice that they're totally different types of competencies. 
on on the one side, as I said, just said, it's about the knowledge and the application of tools so that you can measure um, and and plan these types of things. But on the other side, it's about your competence around leading yourself and leading your emotions. And we will very quickly have a look to see why that is so important. But before we go there, I would just like to put one thought because right now you will suddenly realize and you can ask yourself the question, well, which part are you focusing on more? Are you focusing more on managing the things, which means are you spending more time analyzing the situation, planning the resources, governing the execution and measuring the results, or really, really spending more time on making sure that your team is aligned because everybody understands and agrees to the common goals, they know about the strategy and so on. Because now comes a challenging point. The left side what we're looking at right now here when it's about managing the things and measuring the targets and the results, these things are being automated one by one. We are putting dashboards into place. We are putting small automatic uh, macros into place. We are putting self-governance into place or databases into place where the people do these things themselves and get the information out of the systems themselves. So, you have to ask yourself, well, how much managing do you technically have to do? And how much more leading should you be doing? Now, when we look at these two sides and consider the fact that everything around leading is trying to reduce your ETA or trying, meaning your estimated time to arriving at the goals or trying to reduce, sorry, trying to increase the the um, effective team alignment, then the next thing is, well, how can you do these things? And when you start Googling around what is the difference between managing and leading and you look at LinkedIn or Facebook and different types of posts, posts, you very often find these tables around behaviors. And I'm just going to share one of um, one of them with you very quickly here without getting too confused because these actually are a little confusing not in the sense that they are complicated but they're confusing in what it really takes for you to take that step up on that role as a leader because here on the left side when it's about managers people say yes they tell people they direct more they speak more they um, they make quick assumptions and um uh, they, they make quick, uh, quick deals and they, they assign uh, blame and fault and give employees a plan. But that is not quite true um, because that is painting a bad picture on managers, which is not really quite fair. And it puts in contrast leaders in the sense who are asking more and listen more and invest more time in observing and uncovers root. Uh, the root issues and helps them please to have authority and supports employees in developing their plan. I mean, okay, there are different sets of behavior here, but it it does really disclassify managers. And I don't want to let it stand like this and say, okay, managers are bad people. Not quite at all. But if you think about the concept of managing things versus leading people, you're already getting one step closer to where we want to go. Let's have a look at the at the next part, because if you're thinking about you want to lead your team to achieve goals, your question, the question is, what type of leadership is there available and how does it play out on achieving the goals faster? How does it play out on getting this alignment? 
And there, when you start looking at common literature, you realize there are six um, typical leadership or leadership styles, and I will highlight four of those. And the first one is a hierarchical leadership, where the manager in that position, he has the position of power. Um, it is very common, not only within management, but it's very common within uh, like the army, where they have the position, the rank of having the power of deciding which means that the subordinates, they just wait for instructions. And as you know, whoever has been serving in the army, the effectiveness of these types of organization, they exist in certain situations, but when it comes to the industry, it is not so much. But there is one big um, attraction in this type of leadership out of the position of the manager or the, the officer, and that is they get the impression if they tell people what to do, they people execute exactly what they wanted them to do. And in return, it also gives them the, the, uh, the feeling of, of power and being needed because it creates dependencies because all the subordinates will come up to the manager or the, the office and say, what shall we do? Can you help me here? Which is, of course, very, very honorable position to be if you're, if you're a manager or a leader. But effectiveness, as you already can see, the effectiveness is low because of the subordinates wait for the manager or the officer to take these decisions. But it's a very common leadership style and very known. And I'm quite sure you know managers around you and from friends who practice this leadership style even today. The other leadership style is the transactional leadership. Now, the transactional leadership started started perhaps in the late 60s when um, it was it was all about leading by objectives, where as a unit, you got the target to achieve a certain objective. And however you were going to manage the resources, that is fine um, to be managed by the unit leader. And if the unit leader achieves those goals, then of course, they get a reward in the sense of a bonus. So that's great if you're managing a company and you're a steering committee and you're um, deciding on, on a project. That is where you can have this type of transactional leadership, where you can have an agreement where, where you say to, to the team, say, you achieve this and there, therefore you get a certain bonus and certain reward. This works perfectly if the team who is managed by these types of object objectives has all the resources that it um, has within its responsibility to execute um, the project or the objective that they have. Now, management by objectives kind of goes a little too far if you then think about an individual person, where you give the individual person objective of sales, of reducing cost, of developing a certain tool, of these types of things, because many of these operations that we have today in our organization cannot be executed by a single person. And giving a single person an objective connected to a reward only has one effect then in an organization, and that is that the organization becomes sub-optimized in its own silo, which means that every, every leader, every manager who is responsible for a certain amount of resources will try and do the utmost to execute the objective within his or her silo to achieve the, the goal so that they can get the reward. Cross-functional collaboration is not really 
a desire because it takes away time, it takes away resources, it takes away the focus on what is being rewarded. I'll take the fourth one here because, and it says laissez-faire, because by contrast to the hierarchical leadership, what really happens is if you then train um, or criticize managers for being too um, authorian and too um, instructive and uh, too much imposing onto their team, they actually back off and their normal reaction is changing from a hierarchical leadership to a kind of laissez-faire leadership where they just let the teams do whatever they think uh, needs to be done. And then you can already imagine what the effect is going to be on achieving the goals. The third one here is very very interesting because it is collaborative leadership. It is the, the leader who is creating cross-border teams to solve a solution. So it's neither task-oriented like with a hierarchical leadership. It is neither um, leading by objectives like you have in the transactional leadership, but it is, it is collaborating to find solutions to problems. And if you consider the fact that a lot of the organizations like with ours today we have a lot of challenges that we cannot solve by ourselves. We cannot solve within the single teams. We we have to collaborate because we need extra competencies. We need extra resources. We need extra networks into the countries. We need perhaps a different view of how things would be perceived, which means we're actually depending on collaboration, which means that this is a level of or type, a style of leadership, which is new based on the demands of the way we're doing business, the way our customers are expecting us to do business and the, the challenges that we have in our organization. Now, then there are, there are other um, two leadership styles which are worth mentioning, which is the transformational leadership, which is continuously changing, and the democratic leadership, which is about, well, as, you, as, you, as the word says, it's about voting what should be done. But um, I leave those on the side and I'll have a lo- another look here on those chosen leadership um, styles and values that we were thinking about at Seiko, which is about decision maker, communicator and coach. And you realize there is a strong relationship to the leadership styles I was talking about, hierarchical, transactional, collaborative leadership in those which are become quite automatic. And then the question is, well, how do you play out with with your teams so that you can improve your ETA, so that you become faster and more aligned in achieving your goals? That's the question now, how you can play out your leadership and which leadership you think leadership style you would want to strengthen and develop more. Now, there's one more parameter in this which I would like to throw in, and as I said, some of these things which you then go and find uh, and research becomes quite confusing. And this is this is this picture, and it is a, a survey done on what managers believes are the factors that drive motivation, and what employees believe what drives motivation. And you you realize then here in the dark blue ones, you see that those things that the employees believe that drive motivation is they would like to have full appreciation uh, for work done. They would like to have feeling of being in on something, on a project, of being valued. Sympathy, sympathetic help around personal problems, job security, and a good salary. These would be the top five. 
But then if you think about what do managers think are the top five, things turn upside down because all of a sudden you realize that the managers think that the people would like to have a good salary to be motivated. They would like to have job security to be motivated. They would like to have promotion and growth opportunities to be more motivated. And they would like to have good working conditions. And then they would like to have an interesting job, an interesting work. So the the match here is quite uh, quite reversed and then you have to ask yourself well do we as managers get it all wrong and i wouldn't like to leave it at that because i would like to pinpoint again i think it's in our preference in manager styles and the image that we have on on managers as ourselves that create these types of biased perceptions where we think that as managers, this is how I should be. But when you then realize that if you, if you were more of the collaborative type of manager, you would naturally, and if you were the type of coaching manager or coaching leader, you would naturally appreciate the people around their work. You would naturally give them the feeling that they're in of something. You would naturally listen to their, their, their personal problems and you will naturally talk around um, how much security the job offers for them. Which means that if you shifted your self-image from being less of the old sort of instructive type of hierarchical manager and let go of that image and move more towards the the coaching collaborative type of manager like we have it within within our cynical uh, leadership styles, then you suddenly realize that there is a shift that is going to happen. And I'm going to help you very presently make that shift. And uh, to, to make that shift possible, I'm going to ask you a question here, which um, as we do before, we'll have in the chat. Because now you have been posting early on the challenges that you saw in the team but what do you think is hindering your team then to perform you you were mentioning and i just quickly repeat those you were mentioning those points where you felt that you were not effective and you were not efficient because there were so many things um that you had to do and it was hard to get an overview it was there was you losing effectiveness lack of focus and um you were getting excuses and the results were not positive and you were looking for excuses yourself and the team was um, did not um, have the common direction and there were many things to look after. So what do you think is hindering your team then to perform? So if you think about that for a moment and write that down here into the chat and I'll copy it over onto the new page. If you see all these things happening where you feel they're not effective and efficient, is well, why do you think that is the case? What do you think that is hindering you? What is hindering your team? And I just have to create a little window here so that I can copy the text into it as you're thinking along. Terrific. These were not the answers. These were the answers from the previous one, which I'm just going to take away. Um, uh, 
So here we have the first comment. Come on, give me the text. Before it was they were not feeling trusted and in turn didn't trust management. This has been a lot of work to improve transparency, communication, listening to them and following their ideas, empowering them. Now it is actually performing, okay? So somebody here has been working um, and progressing very well and developing the team. Um, here's another one. They believe that people in higher management don't understand them. Yes. Um, you can imagine which type of leadership style um, creates this type of image and perception. Good. Just going to give you a few more minutes to add something else. So that is, these are two hindrances is, okay, now it's in the performance. So the question would be to explore, well, what is really then um, hindering them to perform? And this is exactly um, perhaps the last secret that I'm going to share with you, where the performance stops and what is hindering them to perform, which which I just found the other day, which becomes became so crystal clear. So let's move further on here, because... If you then think about the fact of what is really hindering them to perform and move forward, here are the here are four um, here are four areas that you can start thinking about because if you draw now the line between things and people, and on the other side you draw the line between the future and the past. Because these will be natural things that you will be focusing on. And thank you very much for the next comment here. We'll just post it into, into the screen as well so that we don't lose it. Um, and then I will just continue here. So let's have a look. Just copying here. So the thoughts, your thoughts were, before it was, they were not feeling trusted and in return didn't trust management. This has been a lot of work to improve transparency, communication, listen, listening to them, following their ideas and empowering them. Now, excuse me, now we actually are performing. Terrific. So somebody here in the, in the group has made the change. Congratulations. The people, they believe that people in higher management don't understand them. Um, the only thing they hear how bad it is. Yes, um, I can I can imagine how that feels like. In many cases, I feel that it has to do with the internal issues like time spent on delivery, follow up, quote uh, follow up, order follow up. These um, somewhat sounds like excuses, lack of sense of authority as well, which I am working on. These are terrific answers. Thank you very much because. Now you're suddenly, you will realize in the next three slides here what is really happening. Because if I share the next one, what is really your preference then? Because I said there was there were tasks that belong to managers and tasks that belong to, to leaders or managing things and leading people. And if you draw um, the vertical lines here and write at the top things and people at the bottom and then you drive a horizontal line and write on the left hand side pace past excuse me and on the right hand side future you suddenly realize that the four quadrants where you're focusing on 
And depending on where your natural focus goes and your natural attention goes, you could be thinking about things and the future, which will have a totally different focus and a totally different approach versus the future and people. The same thing happens when you think about things and the past or people and the past. You will have a totally different approach. Um, in your in your leadership, in your communication with your people, uh, how they perceive you. And already, if you think about the comments that we had, I mean, if management only comes and explains how bad it is, you can already imagine where their focus is. It's on things and in the past. And that is typically where managers spend a lot of their time is up here around the things, whether it is setting targets for the future, putting KPIs there so that they can uh, measure the results and measure the progress on the results. These are typical things that you do when you manage things. But in return, if you were to focus on managing or leading people, you were thinking about the goals and the desires and the motivation of the people, the achievements and the progress and the confidence of the people to really act. And when I was looking at that, then I suddenly realized, wait a minute, here are four questions that you would want to write down. You want to do a snapshot of this screen to really make sure that you keep that in your mind and focus on it again and again. Because if you focus on these four things, it is going to change your your managing things focus into leading people. So write that down on a a piece of paper. The first thing is, are you creating goals so that your people want to follow? Are you creating goals so that your people want to follow? You suddenly realize that, as we we had in another power hour, that just putting a number there is not enough. The goals have to mean something so that the people want to follow. And just asking the demanding, instructing, or giving them a bonus letter so that they follow is not enough. Because it will make them follow to a certain extent, but they will not want to follow. Because if you take away the instructions, the pressure, and the bonus letter, they will not be following you anymore. So the question is for you, how can you then create how can you create goals that the people want to follow because they see it's something in there for them. The second thing is, that was number one. The second thing is, are you prioritizing the tasks, resources and responsibilities so that the people can do it? You see, it is, it is very easy for us to look at our team and say, they know how to do things. No, but... It is not really like that, but people are hesitant. People don't know how much they're allowed to spend, how much time they're allowed to spend on a certain project. If they're writing, um, if they're accounting accountable for the hours they're spending, they don't know if they're allowed to call on certain specialists and resources in a different country. They don't know how the transaction internally in the company might work if they're calling on some special, um, special resources that will cost extra money. That is where you want to step in and really be clear and prioritize the tasks, delegate the tasks, delegate the resources, plan the resources so that the people feel sure for themselves that they can do this. They can actually do it and um, and achieve these goals. The third thing that we'll want to look at is, are, are you coaching and developing your people so that they will perform? You see, we all have experience, but... Some of the experience that we bring along and your people bring along um, 
is not always good experience. It could be that they've been criticized by a manager before. It could be that they have seen colleagues um, in a different company um, getting re reprimanded for certain things. So it's not always the case that they will want to perform because perhaps they need a certain competence or where they think they're not competent enough and they would like to like to have some kind of um, you know, encouragement to really understand how competent they are. Which means that if you can really coach and develop the people so that they will perform based even on the question, will you do this now? and avoid all the hesitation, you will suddenly have a breakthrough that the people know um, not only that they want to do it and that they can do it, but they also feel that they will be performing. And then when they start performing something, the last question you will want to follow up for yourselves, are you following up so that they feel they should continue and that it is worth it? And this is very often where we focus on the things that should be done. Yes, we're governing the execution of certain tasks and controlling whether they were executed, but giving them really the feeling that they, they should do it and it's worthwhile to spend more time doing the same, that has a different quality. And when I was writing down these questions, I suddenly realized that, of course, we are creating goals, we are prioritizing the resources, we are coaching the people, and we are following up. But in the bustle of all the actions and everything that is happening, personally, I even miss on what is really the purpose of doing it. Because I want to have goals that people want to follow. Because if they don't want to follow, the only fallback line I have is to instruct them and put pressure on them. But I don't want to go there because that is the wrong leadership style. Of course, I'm prioritizing the tasks and resources so that the people can do it. But if I don't do that enough, the only fallback line I have when I see the people not doing it, I have to put pressure on them and I have to force them to do it just the same. That is the wrong leadership style. I'm not collaborating with them and enabling them enough so that they can do it themselves. And of course, I'm coaching and developing the people and I'm putting, putting them into training. But am I really following up that emotionally they will perform? They really take the step and have the courage to do it? Because my fallback line is if, they don't, if I don't see them doing it, I put pressure on them, say, do it. The time is up. The deadline is here. But then that's, again, the wrong management style. And if I'm looking at following up, do I really following up because I'm judging and I want to have the result? Or am I following up so that they get the feeling that this is an effort which they've put in and I've seen it and it's worthwhile to do it? Because if they don't do it again, the only fallback line I have is that I put pressure on them and say, do it. The result is not enough. You need to do more. So every time I look at these four areas and I, as a, as a manager, I feel that my team is not performing enough, I have the risk of sliding back into the hierarchical, into the dominant type of leadership, which only makes things worse. So the reason why I have to cling onto the side of being the leader who communicates the, the goals that people want to follow and prioritize so that they can do it and coach them so that they will perform it, so that I have to be on that side all the time so that I don't fall back. And now the question for you is, where do you think you are typically every day? What is your preference? And... If you have a certain preference, 
I know where you want to be, but let's be honest here. And I won't tell any names. Um, I won't copy anything into the chat like you, like as you know, you've seen me doing that. But the question is, what is your preference and which is your dark side? And what effect does it have on your effective team alignment if you focus on one area or the other area? Because this is the challenge that we have all the time because as managers, we are so engaged that we want to move forward and we want to do things. And of course, we are in in the sense of even being stressed because we know if people would do it like we had been doing it before, we could be doing better. But unfortunately, our people are not our people, are not like me. So coaching people to learn how to do things and let them know that they have the authority to do it. Yes, that is where we have to be. Exactly. Any further comments? Here's, here's another one. Um, it lets them be more effective and no time, no, not wasting time wondering if they should call someone for approval. That is a very powerful one. I thank you very much for that input. And here's another one. I think I need to improve people and future. That is a very honest comment. Thank you very much. I appreciate your openness. And I will make sure I conceal your name, of course, because I don't want anybody thinking that uh, they feel exposed. Um, I would hope that I am balanced between the four sides. That was terrific. Um, if that is the case, in general, I am looking forward. Yes, uh, balancing between hard aspects, targets and soft aspects. And I um, I appreciate the honesty in that. And um, I think you're, the way you're progressing with your team, you really realize that um, it is showing effect. And, and even if you think about the fact that you wrote here, you're looking around, looking at the future, you should always think about the fact what happens if you favor the future. Yeah, because your dark side is in the past, because of course we want to progress so so much, but you also have to honestly ask yourself, well, what happens if I don't focus on the on the past? How do the, my people feel? I am new at managing position. I can't uh, situate myself in a position. The question for me is how to make the balance on these sides. That is my challenge. Yes. You will always find that when when people talk to you, if you if you consider this type of perspective of these four sides of this model, you can then think about the fact, well, what are they really talking about what are they really asking about? Because then you can complete it yourself and you can you can see, rather than talking about what you want to tell them, you can talk about what they want to hear instead. And here's another one I'm focusing on, on people. Thank you very much. Um, without my team coaching them more and getting more confident. And this is, thank you very much for that last sentence, because this builds me, if you allow me, in view of the time, allows me to build to the final word here where I suddenly realized is, what is then the conclusion out of this? 
because there was one thing now, if you were to pick out one thing that you would want to do, it is it is the comments that we've had here. It's it's so that the people don't don't waste time, um, so that they don't have to ask around approval and authority. It is they um, I would like to have more confidence in um, the key the key thing that and I have to remind myself again and again, the key thing that I want to help my people grow in is growing their confidence to act. Because this is the mo- the biggest obstacle that we have in any organization, whether it's in our own or if you ask your, your colleagues and friends in their organization, the biggest roadblock people have are wondering whether they're doing the right thing. And if there's one thing you would want to take away every time is observing your people and asking yourself, how can I create more confidence in them to act? Because the more confidence they have to act in the sense of where we're doing, the more efficient you're going to be and the faster you're going to achieve your goal. Every time you want to ask yourself, how can I instill the confidence in them? How can I create a conversation, a clarity around so that they have the courage to do the right thing. And this is perhaps the bottom line where you then see between managing things and managing people, that is when you're leading people, when you're managing things, you're always trying to do things right. But when you're, because you want to measure, you want to, you want to improve the quality, you want to improve the numbers, you want to reduce the, 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 the faults that you have, you're always trying to measure it to do it right. But when you're leading people, you want them to have the courage and the confidence to do the right thing. And that is where the difference is. If we manage people like we manage things, we are reducing their confidence, reducing their courage, because they'll always be asking themselves, am I doing it right? But to be able to be faster towards our goals, we have to instill the courage so that they feel they're doing the right thing. So that is all from me from today. And... Don't wait for someone like a manager or a leader to do it. Just do it yourself, person to person. That is sort of our promotion for this week from Mother Teresa. (laughs) And um, I wish you a great week. Have an excellent week here last week in March. And remember, I'm Coach Colin. I'm here to help you master your leadership. Thank you very much for the session today. And take care and see you soon.